This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. I love that. Praise God. How are we doing this morning? So what we're going to do here in a moment is we're going to have the Sri Lanka team come up and uh, actually they can do that now and maybe get some ushers to help us with those chairs there. We need all of these. And the team, if you can come forward, uh, I'm going to kind of situate myself here, move this. And we have a, a little bit of a PowerPoint that we want to uh, show you and kind of go through it. I think that helps than, other than inviting the team up and just asking them, hey, how was it? And, oh, it was good. We want to have some dialogue. So let's welcome the team as they come. Maybe we could just kind of put in a new shape here. Should be enough chairs for everyone. And we have this mic, and we can pull up that PowerPoint. Rhonda, why don't you just hold that right now? Uh, so um, once again, thank you for uh, your prayers, your support. My wife and I has, have been, I don't think we can see you there, Noah. Whoop, uh, can you guys see everybody? Is this? Okay, Curtis, you need to probably move over. And then Noah, so they can see Noah. All right, what an awesome team here. Just give them a hand. I mean, they are an awesome. Um, so there you see the team. And uh, we went during the time just before what they call Fat Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, starts on Wednesday, and Mardi Gras has been a celebration that they have done for decades. Um, I will say this, that this trip, uh, this was Rhonda and I's 30, 30 years ago, we went and we met. Now, I didn't meet her on the street, but I did meet her. Um, and, and we were engaged and, and start our relationship, and this was a pivotal time, 2018. But we've taken teams for 22 years going down there. And people ask me, well, why do you do that? And that's a great question. And he's like, well, do you have fruit? I mean, do people get saved? Yes, we do have that. And there are divine appointments. And it's amazing how God, and this is the thing we want to talk about here, how God moves through a team, an individual, when they first decide, yes, I'll take the step and I'll do that. And what you're going to find is that there wasn't a handwriting on the wall something scary, a real big green light that I'm supposed to go. Or, listen, the way we preach missions here is this. God has already given you a green light. If he gives you a red light, then don't go. Oh, some of you just didn't like that. <laughs> Amen, Pastor. I'm so glad you said that, Pastor, this morning. Wow. We already have a green light. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go to New Orleans, okay? But there, this year, I'm so excited because we have numerous trips. We've got a Houston outreach coming. Uh, we've got an Africa trip coming. And there just a number of things that this church is, is involved with. It's giving opportunity for you to step out and believe God for your life. So 
You have the Cathedral Basilica of St. Louis that opened in the late 1700s in the background. And it's amazing that when people party all night, you know, it's just part of the tradition religion and get drunk and crazy, they go in there and have mass and, uh, you know, <laughs> repent or whatever. I don't know what they do. Uh, so it's just a, a very interesting uh, uh, concept. The whole, it's, it's almost like the church says, you have permission to just live wild and crazy. But the moment Lent happens... You know, they walk down Bourbon Street on early 12 a.m. Wednesday morning, say, go home, Mardi Gras over, and everyone piles into the church. How many know God has a better way for us? Amen? <laughs> He's got a better way. So, so that's the first slide is the team there. Um, let's see, the next one. Uh, is the church, and if you notice, I don't know how well you can see, that's Bourbon Street in the back. We're there in the corner of... Um, to loosen bourbon, we like to go there. We've done that traditionally. Uh, and then if that's too crowded, um, we move off of Bourbon Street. But the truth of the matter is, is that uh, this, this year, more than any year, uh, we were able to be on Bourbon Street all the way up till Monday night. The crowds were the lowest in decades since the 1990s. Now, the weather was kind of crummy. We got rained on, dumped on, but I think a lot of people are just, once they've done that, they move on to Cancun or Cozumel or somewhere else to the party. So, uh, but it gave us opportunity to be there on Bourbon Street and we could, we could minister. Uh, the next slide, um, we have, uh, see, Rhonda, did a, tell us a little bit about this. We're in, right, in, right in front of the church. Rhonda saw these, this lady sitting down and tell us a little bit about that. Well, we had just gotten out to, um, by the, in the big square there in front of the park, and there was these three ladies, and we were kind of standing around waiting to kind of like, all right, let's get, let's get at this. And um, I looked over, but like, sometimes I think you're just prompted, and you don't really have a plan <laughs> for what you're going to say when you step out. I just walked over to these ladies, and I was probably three feet from them, and then it was like, poof, I started a conversation and was able to pray with them and spent some time chatting with them and hearing their story a little bit, but got to pray over them. And I think that's so many times is I think this kind of an outreach really is trusting, putting that trust in action that the Holy Spirit's going to meet you after you take the first step. So many times we want a great plan before we step out, but really some, most of the time we got to take a step and then he meets us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Angie, tell us, uh, tell us your experience briefly. We'll come back to you again, but tell us a little bit what, what was going on with you. Okay. Well, um, I'll just actually speak on the sign that is in the picture with us. Um, a lot of us were nervous to hold the signs or be near the signs at first. Um, <laughs> but what we found is that the signs really drew people to us. Um, and I love the message on that sign that God thinks you're incredible because the first day was really overwhelming, like totally out of our comfort zone and you're surrounded by all these people and you're not really sure. Um, and you're not really sure like their story or why they're there and some of it you can't even believe. And um, God really spoke to me that first day and said, don't judge anyone. You don't know their story. The one thing that everybody there needs is to know his love. That's the thing they're lacking. That's why they're there doing what they're doing. And so I think that sign is so powerful because it's just saying that God loves you and people are missing that in this world. So. Amen. And, you know, there's Christians, many Christians down there, but 
there's Christians from all churches and walks. And there's a group called, known as the haters, and I think it doesn't need explanation. They come down and they use the word of God, but you know, they, they just, they really stir up a hornet's nest. And a lot of times we get the fallout saying, no, wait, 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 you know, hold on. And, you know, they would call us the sloppy agape group, but whatever. And the truth of the matter is the word is preached down there. And, you know, I, I can't say that totally, you know, uh, maybe their methods are kind of, oh, you know, how many people really change when someone's screaming at you to change? Nobody, you know. Bible says, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Amen. So we find it more effective, and we've had, a lot of our time is diffusing some of the conversations that we get. So uh, just moving along here, another slide. Uh, to the left here is where we stay at the John Curtis High School. We've stayed there forever. Uh, it's like a Hilton five-star. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's pretty rough, but they let us do it. And we leave the school in better condition than it was. And usually it's a year before it's cleaned again when we're there. But we're thankful for that. And it's close to, to, down, to downtown. And uh, that's where we have. But the worship is, does anyone want to say anything about the worship? Diane. So before I was, I was actually on a plane, I was listening to this podcast about how um, there was just this concern for this, raise, uh, this rise in um, atheism, especially with students, I think, there or people born um, 1999 and after. And just the real concern for that. And then that very night, uh, we walked in to our first night of worship, and I saw these young college students on fire for the Lord. And it was so amazing, and it was just, it was just really incredible worship. And these people are passionate uh, for what they're doing. And to, you, know, you see them in the morning, early in the morning, they're outside all over the campus, you know, reading their word and walking and praying and singing. And, uh, so it was like just in sharp contrast to that podcast that I listened to. So it was just awesome worship. Mm -hmm. Anyone else would comment on the worship? Curtis? Um, it was awesome. It was, it was so fun to be there because uh, like uh, um, <clears throat> Diane was saying, uh, it's like as soon as they play the first chord, it's like the... Um, the CFNI kids, Christ for the Nation Institute, they all come like running up to the front and they're like, yeah, let's go. And it's like so, so fun because it's like from that first moment, everybody is just in and they're just worshiping God with their whole heart and um, all the way to the back of the gym, like everybody's just worshiping. And it was just such a cool atmosphere to be in and uh, just that fire is contagious when you're around it, so. Amen. Um, Andy, tell us about your uh, perception and how you were stretched being down there in New Orleans. <laughs> well, I think uh, it's safe to say it's probably the most uncomfortable I've been in maybe ever. <laughs> so, so, but let me ask you, looking back now, sharing, was it worth it? Yeah, I... I'm, as I look back and as I, I kind of think, I go, you know, was, like you said at, at the beginning, was my presence there to make a difference? Is it, was it something that was impactful to anybody? And that's something I may never know the answer to. I can't really say 
um, if God worked through me, but I certainly can say that he worked in me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, the, and he did, all the whole team. Uh, the cup, the individuals with Destiny and I there, uh, Bourbon Street, one of the nights, um, standing there holding the sign. And you know, it's quite intimidating, but here's the, the way I look at it. There's so much insanity going on down there. We're the only normal people. And they know that. They know that. And, and there have been, and you'll hear some of the divine appointments of God just bringing people. And so I stood there and I'm praying. And, you know, the enemy's telling you, what are you doing? You crazy. You shouldn't be. How do you? And that's what keeps a lot of people, you know, from not stepping out, doing a mission strip, going, you know, doing something daring. And it, 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 we all have to, myself included, break through that, break through that. And I remember just holding that sign, standing there, and thousands of people just coming by and saying, Lord, this was my prayer for probably 20 minutes. Bring someone that's ready. Bring someone that's ripe. Bring somebody that wants, you know, needs to hear from you. Bring the people that are ready, Lord. And this, I don't want to call, call him a couple, but this guy and this girl, he was, she was from Austria. I think her name was Serena or something like that. And, and she came right up to me and started arguing about the Bibles written by a bunch of men. How do you know? And so I just started in, you know, the dialogue with that. It's like, you know, then you're, you're, you're higher than God because you think if, you know, if God truly exists, then he able to do miracles and just started to diffuse it. And so all her arguments, well, then this guy started in on me and was like, well, I'm an atheist. And I'm like, there's no such thing as an atheist. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, if you're an atheist, you have to been everywhere in the universe to be in every planet, every galaxy to say God doesn't exist because if God doesn't, you know, doesn't exist, you have to have been everywhere. Isn't that right? How do you say something doesn't exist unless you've been everywhere? Right? See, and so I'm like, there's no such thing as an atheist. Now, you may be an agnostic, and she goes, that's what I am. Something's out there, but I don't know. I'm like, I want to talk to you. And so Destiny started working on him and just talking to him. He's blabbering off, but she kind of smirked at him like, idiot, you know? And God has a way of moving. And so I just started just sharing and telling her, I was like, God is calling you. He brought you here. And she started her cigarette, you know, well, she didn't blow it in my face. And before long, after about 20 minutes, I said, Serena, what is, what is stopping you from receiving Christ right now? She said, nothing. I said, let's pray. And we led her to Christ right there on the street, Bourbon Street. So... <clears throat> That doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. There's many times I've been there, but she gave her heart to the Lord. God did something. Uh, And it was just because we were willing to step out and put ourselves in the crosshairs. (laughs) Amen. So um, we want more of the team here to, uh, okay, all right. This scene, I don't know how well you can see this, but if you notice, it is pouring rain. And you know what street that is? Bourbon Street. I've never seen Bourbon Street just evac. A minute before that, there were thousands, tens of thousands of people, and everyone scattered into the bars. But a guy comes up to Curtis, and with Noah's there, Andy, and Curtis, why don't you two guys just talk about, because I remember Scott Hinkle looking, he goes, I've never seen that before. This guy comes up, and then Curtis, you know, his glasses are soaking wet, can't see, soaked to the bone, it's dumping rain. Right? Tell yeah. us, tell us yeah. what happened. Um, so it was funny because we, we, we had a sign that said, I know someone who will overflow your cup, and, which I thought was hilarious. Um, 
And so this guy came up with a, a cup of uh, bourbon, and he was like, hey, can Jesus fill my cup? And that's kind of how it started. He was, he was joking, and um, he's like, well, do you think Jesus, uh, when he turned water into wine, was that figurative or literal? And, and it kind of started from there. Um, but he was asking a lot of good questions, and so we just kept, you know, just, just answering to the best of our ability and um, just being patient with him. And um, uh, it was funny because uh, Mark, um, what's Mark's last name? He's part of the team. I, I don't know his last name. Um, we had this guy, Mark, with us, and, and he was just uh, great to have along. But he, he was kind of there right at the beginning, um, and he was, like, talking about how God, you know, God, God says in his word that uh, if, if you've seen um, nature and, and everything around, you know, testifies to the existence of God, and, and what do you think about that? And, like, even, like, the, the clouds and the, and the rain, like, creating rain. And he started talking about rain for some reason. And right after that, it started to rain. And this guy was like, well, that was weird timing. Because he's like, I don't think the rain is just a natural phenomenon, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, that was weird timing. It started to rain and then started to pour. And, and he was like, I just heard him say, well, I, I came prepared. And, and I figured he was, like, he was not moving. He was like, I'm just going to stay here in the rain. Um, I found out later he was actually just putting his phone in a Ziploc bag at that moment. I didn't notice that. So I, in my mind, I was like, okay, this guy's not moving. So we're just going to stay right here. And it started to pour. And, and I had like my phone in my pocket, everything. Like I was getting drenched. And I'm like, okay, I'm not moving either. Because, you know, we're, we're getting somewhere with this guy. We're just going to stay here. And then I think, Andy, were you, were you there from the beginning, or did you come out? Yeah. Okay, so Andy, Andy came out, like, right before it started to rain, and he was there with me. And Mark, like, he was like, peace out. Um, <laughs> but so we just stayed there and just talked. And, and like Mike was saying, the entire street just evacuated. Like, nobody was out there. And so we just had this conversation in the rain, and my glasses are just like totally wet, like I can hardly see, but we're just talking back and forth, and he's asking all these good questions, like, like he's thought about a lot of these spiritual things. Um, we, start to, we start to get to know more about him, and he grew up in a, um, in a native family, and so they, they know all sorts of spirituality and stuff, and they've had a really bad um, experience with Christians, like persecuting them. Um, in the past, and so we, we, you know, we just address all these things, and then eventually um, got to the place where he was open for us to pray for him, um, and he was like, you know, I, I really respect you guys, like, I really respect um, everything you guys stand for, and like, the fact that you're out here, and, and everything, and, and it just was really a good witness to him, just, and spoke to him, the fact that, you know, we were out there in the rain with him, in the middle of nowhere, and, um, and he, he just, like, he was, he was very moved by it. So we got to pray for him. And um, so the first time, we just kind of prayed a blessing over him. And the second time, got to pray, like, okay, do you want to feel um, the power of God? And, and so I was like, okay, put out your hands. And, and I prayed, just Holy Spirit, come. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I feel like, a, I was like, do you feel anything? He's like, oh, I feel like a weird, like, magnetism or something. I was like, praise God, you know? <laughs> 
So, because um, the Holy Spirit, he just comes in, in different ways. So um, he got to actually feel the presence of God. It was super cool. We got to pray for him and just um, leave a really good impression with him. I don't know if you've got... Ditto. <laughs> got nothing to add to that. <laughs> it was really good to have Andy there. I got to say that because... He has some questions, and I was like, but, but, uh, Andy, <laughs> and, and I was just totally off guard, but, but God was speaking through Andy, and um, Andy might not feel that way, but he, he, was, he was really moving through, um, just, just kind of going back and forth. It was like, if one of us didn't know something, the other person could have a good answer, and, and so we really just got to represent, so it was good. So Noah. Don't want to forget Noah. Noah was a trooper out there. Wow. Tell us a little bit what you felt, your experience, and how it was initially. It was different. <laughs> um, they're not like Minnesotans. <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, it was a good experience, I thought. Uh, the whole trip, I didn't necessarily feel like God was specifically saying, like, you have to go here because, you know, you're going to move mountains. It, I felt like it was more like God was just saying, like, you know, asking me if I was going to step out. And mm -hmm. so I did. And I went and I had a lot of good conversations with people, you know, talking to them about heaven and, you know, what happens if you die. I thought that was interesting. I had never talked to anyone about that. So I thought it was a good experience. I enjoyed the opportunity to show people that good Christians are real. Mm -hmm. So... I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was very beneficial. Man. Diane, you had a situation there. I don't know if you remember that one. Want to comment on that? <laughs> uh, well, Rhonda and I were approached by this um, young woman, and I'm really glad that her sign is turned upside down because it was really kind of a disturbing sign, so much so that I'm not even going to tell you what it said. And I had asked her... Um, why of all the things that she could write on that sign, why was that the thing that she chose to share with people? Because she would walk up to people and she would just put it in everybody's faces. And she said, oh, it makes people smile. And I said, well, it makes me really uncomfortable. But then we started talking and I asked her her name. And the first thing she said was, um, my name's Cody. My dad always wanted a boy. And so I had this overwhelming sense of just rejection. And I don't know, there's a picture, and you can't see it when, when we're kind of behind her. And I didn't realize until I looked at the pictures afterwards that engraved in the back of this jacket says, I tolerate you. And I thought, I wonder if that was the message that she got her whole life. The bottom line is, is she just was on my heart the whole time we were there. And we did have an opportunity to pray for her. But like Pastor Mike said, you know, you only get a small window of opportunity because friends and people are pulling them away. And so there were times afterwards where I thought, oh, I wish I would have prayed this. I wish I would have said this. I, you know, all these things kind of kept coming to my mind. And I kept thinking, maybe I'll see her another day. Maybe I'll get another chance. That didn't happen. But I felt like what the Lord said to me was, um, you know, use those I wish I would have, turn those into prayers for her. And so that's what I've continued to do for her, um, is to just pray those, um, you know, pray those concerns that were on my heart for her, and just to continue to lift her up in prayer. Amen. Um, 
<clears throat> so this gal in the middle is named Sunny. Now, some of you, when we started the church, remember her. How many remember Tony and Sunny? Okay, still a few of you. They live in Houston. <clears throat> and she came to the Houston outreach with Tony, and, and Sunny came to this outreach. She was saved in our church back in 2001 at the tech school. She walked in with a big white hat on, kind of ready to throw down, and I called her out, and she had an encounter with God. She was saved, serving the Lord ever since. And so there's a funny story. Sarah, you'll have to correct me, because Sarah went to New Orleans with her, and they drove a van down that the church had, and the van was breaking down. And I, was it Kansas City or Memphis or something? Tennessee, really bad area. 2 a.m., I get a phone call, and they need to stop. And I'm like, do I fly down there? How could I get down there? And it, oh, it was just, uh, my stomach was in knots. Like, how do I rescue these girls? And so I stayed in a motel, but it was the only thing open. It was pretty rough. Super seedy. So, so then they get in the elevator. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but some guy steps in the elevator where her and Sonny, and Sonny was a kickboxer. Okay, this girl's tough. She turned around or something, said something to the guy. Don't even think about it. And this is at 3 a.m. They got up, walked out, no problems. <laughs> and then they made it down there. And so what a tremendous time. I never forget that. And she actually had pictures she was showing us from 16 years ago. And you guys in it. And what a fun time. So. Um, it, it was, uh, that's where we were getting drenched. We were against the wall there. It's like a quick picture. We are soaked out of our minds. Uh, a couple sign there, Bourbon and Toulouse is one of the streets we usually come down. Uh, this is what Satan has to offer. This is the best, all right? Uh, just on the side of the road. People just drunk out of their minds, throw up on themselves, you know. Uh, it's just it's horrible. People just go on drinking, have, thinking they're partying, having fun. Um, one of the streets... Uh, uh, Esplanade and Royal, another uh, pickup point. This guy was, uh, actually there's another picture the lady's gonna talk about, about a girl and a situation. He was there the whole time when it started to rain, just dumped on him. I mean, his, half his pants are down, he's sitting there. That's right next to a bar with hundreds of people in it, okay? And this is what Satan does. This is the fruit. He didn't wanna tell you this. They wanna advertise fun, you know, and the beer. and They don't wanna show you this but I think it bears repeating. This is the fruit. And you say, well, that's not never be me. You know, Satan will always take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. Amen. Um, okay, Diane, tell me about this with the sign Saturday compared to Monday. <clears throat> so I had to quickly go somewhere. I said, Diane, will you just hold the sign? I have to... So all along when we were um, preparing for this trip, I thought, don't make me hold a sign. Please don't make me hold a sign. I do not want to hold a sign. And then Pastor Mike asked me to hold that sign. I was like, oh. I thought, okay, I'll just hold it, you know. But, you know, it was exactly what Pastor Woody said last week about being on our back leg and then on our front leg. Because I was on my back leg at the beginning of the trip. And I... I think it was, you know, it's that fear that you're not going to have the right answer or just to look foolish. And I know it's for all the wrong reasons, but that's the truth. But by Monday, it was like, give me a sign. Yes. I want a sign. You know, it's like I'm thinking next year if I go, what would my sign say? Because that really is, it, it really does cause people to just come and have a conversation with you. So it, it really was going from that back foot to that front foot by Monday. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Angie, anything you want to say about this? We're at the St. Anne Square in front of the church. 
or anything else you want to add to his okay. week? Okay. Um, I'll just share a little bit more on my personal experience because uh, my word last year was bold. And when this trip was first announced, my immediate reaction was no. It was way out of my comfort zone and I wasn't willing to take that step. And then as I prayed about it, God gave me my word for this year, which is deeper. And so I said yes, and um, I'm really glad that I did. And the one thing that God showed me that first day also was um, the leaders kept saying that we're the light in the darkness. And we've heard that before, but I never really thought about it. And here you're surrounded by all the things that personally I've avoided all my life and you're submersed in it and there's like no way out. And um, so as I'm you know, going deeper and thinking about this and by avoiding, you're not shining your light. You know, you're hiding your light to yourself or you're you know, shining it in your comfort zone you know, here in church with everybody else's lights shining. And to really take that you know, step in faith and put your faith into action, you have to be willing to step out into the darkness. And that was one thing that I really learned on this trip. Amen. So there was a scenario here in this next scene. Rhonda, maybe you want to comment with uh, Diane and Angie. Uh, this girl, totally drunk out of her mind, woman, face plants into the gutter on the street, and it's full of muck. I mean... And God bless Rhonda, Angie, and, and Destiny was there, and Diane, and uh, with Sunny, and that's her, I think, there between Destiny. I don't know how well you can see her, but tell us the situation with that. We were standing on the corner of, I think, Bourbon and Toulouse, but wherever we were. Um, this girl was so hammered that she, she actually fell right into the gutter. It had rained the night before, so there was, it was probably eight inches deep in the gutter, and it is not fresh water. It is, just, it is nasty. And I'm assuming she was probably a little Hispanic woman, probably in 20s, 30s, whatever. Didn't, couldn't get her name out of her. Couldn't, she didn't know if she would, we couldn't, she couldn't even answer if she was with anybody. I think so. Diane is a saint, a saint. She took her wet clothes and rang them out. I took pictures. I was like, oh. But Destiny, Sunny, Diane, they all just stood there and loved her and prayed with her. And we dug in our bags and gave her some food to try to offset some of this. She probably should have been hauled off to the hospital. She was in rough, rough shape. Um, ended up spending probably a good half hour with her and then sending her to, she was ready to, felt like she was ready to go find her friends. So nobody came looking for her. And like Mike said, this is what the world has to offer, you know? I think in so many of these scenarios, I think when I go down there, I just think, you know what? In Luke, it talks about Jesus going after the one. And you know what? He really does care about one. Um, and if we're there for that reason, and you just don't know, we've, our daughter, our youngest, um, went through some pretty dark times in the last couple of years and is in a really pretty good place right now. And I'm grateful that people that we knew and people we didn't know sowed seeds into her life, would speak be obedient, somebody where she worked, walked in and had a prophetic word for her. We don't know who it was. She didn't know and I can't, I couldn't tell you um, because somebody was obedient and stepped out. 
And when we're down there and we're talking to people, it's like I, a couple girls, I said, somebody prays for you. And they're like, yeah, my grandma or yeah, my mom or I grew up in the church, you know. Um, one girl walked up to Destiny and um, she had been a heroin addict. And, um, but she'd spend a year in Teen Challenge, which is a Christian drug rehab, but she was there with her lesbian partner. And the sign that Mike and she, Destiny were holding so convicted her that Destiny had the opportunity to pray for her. And her life has changed again. And whether she goes home and, you know, whatever. But I know in our daughter's scenario, it took a lot of people sowing seeds for us to see a turnaround. And so I want to be, number one, out of gratitude, willing to sow seed, and out of future need, willing to sow seed. Um, so I think that's, you know, if for no other the reason, you know, do you see these radical conversions? I didn't pray for anybody to get saved. A little girl I was with did. We were holding on Bourbon Street, and Christ for the Nations had asked me to kind of take in this, one of their students, little Dominique, for a Monday. And this little girl walks up to me and says, are you with them? And I said, yeah, we are. And she says, so how exactly do I know how to get to heaven? So I said, Dominique, this girl wants to know how to get to heaven. So here you go. So we stood there, prayed with these girls, and it was sincere. So Dominique got to lead that girl to the Lord. Um, holding signs on Bourbon Street. It's not going to work in the cities. I don't advocate it for Alexandria. <laughs> um, but it does work on Bourbon Street. So be willing wherever God may call you. And I think we should live this from day to day, you know, in our areas here, too, is be willing to step out, be willing to just be obedient and trust if God says go speak, not to have a big plan ahead of time, but be willing to step out and trust that the Holy Spirit who's in, in you will meet you. And whether you see a radical conversion or not, you sowed seeds. Amen. Uh, Diane, anything on that? Or Angie, you were with that lady? Uh, okay. Uh, Scott Hinkle there, he's been taking teams. He's evangelist for 36 years going to the New Orleans Outreach. Um, you can see the crazy garb on the right there, and it gets more bizarre, the costumes, as Fat Tuesday comes around. So uh, we pull out of there uh, on Tuesday. Okay, this situation quickly. Uh, I'm standing there with Destiny and the sign. I think the greatest news ever, and this kid walks up, immediately comes under conviction. He's with two other girls that are just kind of screaming and partying and they're drunk and, and he's like, dude, dude, it's not me. I'm just with them. And I'm like, okay. Um, I said, so, you know, you go, I know, I know all this stuff. You know, I know, I know I shouldn't be. I know it. I said, listen, can we pray that you, you know, the Bible says to as many as receive them, to them gave you power to become the son. So if you truly are saved, God will give you the power to live this life. Yeah, man, do that. And so he, he raises his hand on Bourbon Street. See if you see the next scene there. And I'm praying for him that, you know, you got power if you truly know Christ and just break off every devil and on his life. And, and uh, so, you know, it's, it's moments like that. It's situations like that that God will bring people in your life if we have eyes to see. Amen. Um, Noah, I don't know what the deal with that one was. <laughs> you want to, just a person there coming by and. Just a crazy looking guy. I was like, <laughs> I should take a picture with him. And I did. And then his wife or girlfriend or whatever was like, ooh, can I get a picture of you guys? And so I got a couple pictures and he kept walking. So, you know, this is what you got. You got situations and they come by. But here's the thing. When they say, can I take a picture of your sign? Absolutely. 
Because Jacob and I, when they sober up, look, oh, God thinks you're incredible. What's the greatest news ever? God will use it. And we, they have tracks, and we pass them out, and just a tremendous time. Uh, oh, is that the Dominique? That's the little girl that, that led. Uh, so we have uh, Mark with uh, Andy there praying over a man there, situation on the street. I don't know if you remember that one, Andy. God using you, flowing through you. Amen. <clears throat> um, what else here? This was the praise rally. What we do is at the, uh, usually it's a Monday afternoon around three to four. All the Christians come off the street and go to where uh, St. Anne's, the square is, and just there's a kind of an amphitheater there near the moonwalk. And they just, we worship. We don't witness, we just worship. People drive by, they take pictures, they're going, what's going on? What is this? And, and we just worship God. And it's amazing how the atmosphere changes and how we sense God's presence and thousands of Christians. And so it's amazing how they can throw together instruments and have God show up, and it was powerful. Anyone want to say anything on that? Comment? Angie has something to say. Um, this worship session was probably the most powerful experience that I had at Mardi Gras. And... Um, it really showed me that worship isn't just praising God or a way to welcome the Holy Spirit, but worship is truly a weapon. And I'm an observer, and so even as we're singing and praising, I'm watching the people across the street, and they're coming across the park to see what's going on. And some people you know, stood there for the rest of the time that we were singing, and some people actually crossed the street and got closer. A few people even joined the crowd. But um, the way that our worship like released that stronghold on people that were there to party, I mean, guys in ridiculous outfits stopped. And you know, this young girl, I watched her leave her friends and come and join us to sing. And there was an older couple that were just in tears videoing us, you know, worshiping. Um, and three young gals, they were dressed to party, and they, by the end, they were literally in our group, in the middle of the group, um, singing and praying with us, and it just was so powerful that, you know, that simple act of just worshiping released that stronghold on people, you know, and even the people that drove by and videoed it, you know, even if they were going to use it to make fun of us or show their friends, like, they're spreading, you know, God's love, you know, and worship to others, so it was a really powerful experience. Amen. Diane, you want to say something about that? Anyone else? The praise rally. Um, so some pictures at night. Um, people everywhere. And we have the team. So I just kind of want to kind of maybe go through quickly and just each of the team members to kind of demystify the voice of God about taking the step and going. Just say something about that. Diane, you can start. Like, what was it? I mean, what made you just decide, okay, I'll do this? Knowing you had fear, knowing you had apprehension, what was it? Um, well, my, my word, my one word two years ago was go. And I, and I waited for go. And, and go wasn't really happening. I mean, other than, you know, if I would sit at home and say, should I or should I not do a certain thing? I'd say, no, just go. But I was looking for something bigger. And um, so this was a, a goal for me, and I really didn't have to think about it because I knew that that's what the Lord was saying to me. But can I just share one thing about my experience there? Before I got there, I feel like the Lord had showed me a picture of just um, an exchange. 
and the exchange was taking all of the beads off of somebody and replacing them with this very light but very beautiful, very lovely, simple necklace. And when I got there and I watched people from the balconies dangling these beads and the people all below who will do anything for those beads as if they had some value or some worth. And I kept thinking about their, 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 their self-dignity and their worth. And every time I would see what they would do, how they would compromise themselves to get one of these beads, these beads just got heavier and heavier around their neck. And I thought, it just looked like the chains. And those people dangling just looked like Satan to me. You know, that somehow this was worth all of these things that you'd be willing to do just to get those beads. And I see them as weeks, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe years down the road, feeling the regret and the shame and the humiliation for what they did for these plastic you know, beads. And so then as I saw that, then it just made me weep, you know, even for my own self, like how the Lord took those, that ugliness off of me. And he, and he replaced it, you know, with this beautiful necklace. And so it was sort of like kind of reliving, you know, for me, what he did for me a long time ago, but also what he'll do for anybody who's willing. Um, anyways, so for that, it is worth going. <laughs> well, I kind of think um, <clears throat> during Jesus' life and ministry on earth, he didn't, um, he didn't help everybody in the world. He just, he did what he had the opportunity to do, and it's the same with us. We're not gonna be asked about the things that we never had an opportunity to do. It's gonna be what we were able to do. And as I, I kind of look back through my life and the lives of others, and I kind of see this, this pattern that, um, well, it's what, what Jesus said. He said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross every day, and follow me. And we can see this pattern that um, every time there's a, uh, a growth in faith, it seems to always be, um, the catalyst always seems to be that self-denial or doing something that we don't want to do or maybe something we're afraid to do. And I kind of wonder, like, why is that? Why can't it be something convenient or easy or something we don't have a problem doing? And because if it was that way, it would not take faith to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, if it doesn't require faith, it can't build faith. So growing your faith always requires your faith. Um, yeah, I just, it's, you know, if we trust Jesus with our eternal destiny, why would we not trust him for tomorrow? So I talk to God a lot when I'm exercising and, um, I was out on a run one day and um, just praying about whether or not I was going to go on this trip. And I heard God so clearly say to me, like, you would have thought he was running right beside me. Um, and he just said, do you really think that you're going to end your year of being bold and go back to the way you were? Mm. And I was like, okay, no. <laughs> and he just said, you've shown your trusting faith and now you need to go deeper. And, you know, it's that, like Andy said, that stepping on a faith, you know, willing to take that next step. Um, and for me, like, I was so energized leaving um, New Orleans 
and normally that's not me. You put me in a crowd and I'm exhausted. And you know, you need time for yourself to recover. And I just felt so energized because I felt like I had the confidence now to pursue the things that God was calling me to do that, you know, I was waiting for that right time, you know, being ready to do. Um, but yesterday when I was actually out skiing and praying to God about, you know, just having the right words to say today, and um, I just felt the Holy Spirit say that this team was handpicked to go on this trip. And you look at us and we're probably some of the quietest introverted members of this church. I mean, look at us, we, we are. <laughs> and it was God's way of yes. calling this church into action because we're not perfect, but we're willing. And if he can work through the quietest members of the church, he can work through all of us. And that's what he's proving by us going. It's not under our own strength. Us going and standing on Bourbon Street and sharing our faith with people that in some cases don't want to hear it, I mean, is so powerful of God working through us. And so I would just encourage you to you know, let God stir up inside of you and, um, you know, listen to what he's calling you to do. And, you know, faith is movement, but it requires taking that first step. So, Yeah, so, you know, again, my whole um, motivation for going was number one, nostalgia, because 30 years ago, we started dating when we were both on the outreach. I didn't pick him up on the street either. <laughs> so, however, he was carrying a, what, 10-foot cross at that time? I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm glad I was thinking that way then. Um, it was worth it. Um, so for nostalgia, it was so much fun to have our daughter join us, too. I mean, that was her first time doing an outreach like that with us. Um, again, you know, it's sowing seeds of gratitude for what people have sown into our kids' lives um, by way of sowing seeds and trusting that the giving and the receiving. I'm going to keep sowing seeds, trusting that God is going to keep meeting my kids and my family and my loved ones where they're at, and he's going to have obedient servants into their lives as well. Yeah, yeah that's good. Um, just sowing seeds, like that's that's what we were doing the whole time. I mean. I think out of our whole team, I think Mike was the only one who got to lead somebody to the Lord, like all the way. And, um, but like, we got to pray for so many people when we were down there. And um, you can go walk around Alec and try to pray for people. And you can pray for a lot of people, but um, there's just so many people down there when like thousands and thousands and so many opportunities. and. Um, so it was good just to, you know, you'd have somebody totally like, I had a couple of people just be like, get away from me or, or like, I don't want to hear it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, one guy, one guy was like, why are you, why are you asking so many questions? And he was like from New Orleans. And I was like, I, I'm not trying to bother you. He's like, well, you are. And, and so I like, it's like, okay, whatever. But you got to shrug it off and you just, you just keep going. And, and, uh, there's another opportunity right around the corner. Um, and that's really how it is. Like you, you really don't know how it's gonna go until you start that conversation. So um, 
yeah, like for me, I think the, the, the back foot, front foot analogy was like very true. And, and as I was leading up to this trip, Satan was just trying to like totally dissuade me from going. And I had no desire to go on this trip. By the time we were about to leave, I had no desire to go. He had stolen the desire from me. But then we got down there and it was like, boom, it was like instant change. Like whatever the enemy was trying to do was gone. And sometimes it's just, you don't see, you don't get to see around the mountain. Like you don't get to see where you're going to, but that's really where it takes that faith just to, in obedience, just to say, yes, God, I will do that. And, and every time we were obedient, God did something and, and that's, really just, it was just a blessing to, to be a part of that, so. Uh, so I'm about 19, just over 19. So I'd say probably for the first 17 and a half years of my life, every time God said, hey, you should go do this, I would say, yeah, you know, I'll pray about that. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, forget to pray about it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, well, bummer. I don't, don't have to step out. Um, and then I heard some guy, he's a Christian guy, making fun of Christians, kind of. And he was saying, you know, if you ask a Christian, hey, let's go to Disneyland, he's like, yeah, absolutely. And then he asked the same Christian, let's go on a missions trip. He's like, yeah, I'll see if God wants me to. And so that really convicted me. And so whenever I felt, you know, whenever I had any opportunity to step out, I always felt, you know, that first initial reaction was, I'll pray about it. And then God was like, I just answered your prayer already. You didn't even need to pray, just go. <laughs> And so that's basically all that my thought process was going into this. I saw the slide pull up and I was like, you know, I saw the Mardi Gras slide and I was like, oh, no thanks. And then God was like, yes. <laughs> so I was like, all right, here we go. That is awesome. Come on, let's give this team a hand. Thank you guys. Great job. Good. Praise God. Um, you know, why don't you stand with me? We're going to conclude here, and I know we've taken up the whole service, but I think this is important uh, that we have the opportunity to, to you hear the stories and, and uh, feel what they were feeling, amen, and to know that uh, that was a great analogy, we, the pretty quiet team, <laughs> but it was true, God moved. Um, maybe we could get Curtis or someone to come up, and we're going to conclude here, but I just want to say this, you know, on Wednesday, we, uh, a giant passed away, Billy Graham, 99 years old, spoken to tens of millions of people. And when he started preaching, he would always use and go back to the word of God, always come back to the word. And it was a time where a lot of ministers were kind of getting into philosophy, getting into, you know, other things and not saying the word of God says the guy stayed on track. You know what he stayed on track with? He was an evangelist and evangelism, sharing his faith. And the Bible says that we're not all called to be evangelists, but it says to do the work of an evangelist. What is that? We are all called to be witnesses. That doesn't mean you run around and you kind of carry a sign, but we're to be a witness where we're at. So with every head bowed here this morning, you were challenged this morning here, encouraged. I think if I could sum it up in a phrase, I would say, there's no excuse. 
It really is just, I mean, you can have an excuse. You can, you know, it may seem valid, but when God opens doors and has opportunity, that doesn't mean you jump on everyone. God will lead you. He'll direct you. Our job as a church is to provide opportunity so you can grow, so you can be stretched. So I just want to challenge us all here this morning. Take that step, as Pastor Woody said. Let's not be a church that's stepping on our back leg. You know, and some of you in the season of life you're in, right? You know, you're dealing with the young kids, and I get that. But you can still be obedient. Many of you, you give to these outreaches, and that's huge. So appreciate uh, all of that and all the sacrifices done. But I really feel that God has so much more for this church. This is not our final destination in this little building right here, okay? He has a new building. He has land. He has given us. He has property. God has more. He wants to reach more people. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you as we close. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for bringing us down there and back and having a, a good report, albeit stretched. I thank you for the church and those that have led it while we were gone. And I just bless them. I just thank you, Father God, for the church can continue on. And Lord, all the other outreaches that take place. Lord, we want to be willing and obedient. And what you speak for us to do, Lord, let us be hearers and doers of the word. Hearers and doers of the word, Father God. Whether it's to sacrificially give, to say, you know what, I can't go on this trip, but here, pastor, church, you need, we want to bless you in this. Or, you know what, uh, God's stretching me and, and I'm going to step out and I'm going to go. Or, step up and serve. Begin to serve here in the church. Whatever it is, Satan isolates from the, from the flock. That's not the heart. If you start feeling yourself being isolated, pulled, drawn away, know that that is not the Spirit of God. That is not the Spirit of God. That is not the Spirit of God. He invites in. Lord, I bless the people of God here today. Lord, as we leave here, Lord, just fill them with your presence overflowing. And Lord, even as we were challenged here, we rejoice in what you've done in and through our lives. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320 759 1400 at Church for the Harvest, you belong.